Welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Robeck. Each week on our show, we invite a special guest to share their knowledge on health, wellness, and better daily habits so you can have the life you deserve. Let's get started. Today, we had John Cook on the show. He's a PGA Tour player of over 40 years, and he is also my father-in-law. And I was able to get him on the show today to talk about longevity through lifestyle. He's excelled at his craft for over 40 years, and that's quite unique. And today, he's going to share with us how he was able to achieve that, and also his relationship with golf, his family, and his mentors. So, John, welcome to the show. Good to be here. You know, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, 19 years ago today... I met your daughter. Today. Today. How about that? So that is like an anniversary. It is like I was I woke up this day, I was reminded of that today. How about that? And I'm like, how coincidental. Yeah, Kristen I, doesn't forget much. No. She, she's like that. I have a PGA. She's like your mom. Just like your mom, right? <laughs> so it was uh very coincidental for you to be on our show today. So thank you for being on and spending your time. I do remember a moment, um, New York City. 14 years ago, got some courage, <laughs> took you and Jan out for breakfast, breakfast yes. <laughs> terrified and uh, asked you if I could marry your, marry your daughter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you did it correctly. You did it the right way. I did that to, to um, Jan's father, uh, Doc Kunkel. Same, same type thing. Sat him down. I knew it was the right thing to do. I was nervous as heck. And I finally proposed to Jan on April fool's day <laughs> in 1979. So of I know course. how you, I know how you felt and we appreciated it and yeah. we knew it, it, it was going to be inevitable. And you, you passed the, not only did you pass our test, you passed my friend's test and that that's bigger <laughs> test than passing mine and, and Jan's It's passing Kirk and Scott. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Well, that was a huge moment for me. And I was remember being extremely nervous, similar to how I feel right now, interviewing you on this podcast. So, uh, I mean, but, how many conversations have we had through our, our 20 years? So I, we should have recorded all of those. <laughs> we should have exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of having mics in our face and headsets on, uh, but man, there's so much that we can get into and I hope we get through a lot because so many, our listeners have so much to learn from you. Mm. And, uh, you know, the theme of today is, is going to be more, Longevity through lifestyle. You've been on the tour for, is it 42 years now? It'd be, it's 40 years plus. 40. So, so I'm 63. Yeah. 20, 20, 42 years. 20, yeah. 21 total wins on the tour? On the, yeah, mm -hmm. on the PGA tours. And yeah. then uh, probably another 10 worldwide. So. That is, uh, and for somebody to be able to compete at that level for 40 plus years, that's called longevity. And that's what we're all looking for. We're all looking for longevity in life and there's ways to achieve longevity and there's ways to stifle longevity. And you're the best person to talk about how you can stay mm -hmm. successful throughout life. And uh, I'm glad that we can actually ask you these questions today. Perfect. Um, Let's do it. So the generations from generation to generation that um, staying healthy means something different to each generation. You know, I remember I see a picture, I follow a PGA tour on Instagram and there was something recently where there's, I think it was Palmer and Nicholas and there's on, on one of the tea boxes smoking a cigarette. Hogan. Was a Hogan. It's one of the, <laughs> one of my favorite pictures. I don't smoke, never smoked a cigarette in my life, but for some reason that picture was very cool. Yeah. <laughs> two, two great ones. You got the, you know, the King and then you've got, you know, Hogan with, you know, the mystique, the Hogan mystique and, and they're just sitting on a tea box at, uh, at the masters. Right. Just 
<laughs> just dragging on a cigarette. And they're like, so cool. They got their cardigans on. Yep. It's an iconic picture. And one of my favorite pictures, cause it tells such a, a such a great story, but uh, yep. yeah, that, that was back then. That That's was right. uh, probably in the you know late fifties, early sixties is when that, that picture was taken. It's incredible. Um, sports performance has come a long way. Yeah. Wouldn't quite see that now. Yes. Uh, now that daily has kind of faded away, <laughs> at least out of the picture as far as on the PGA tour, uh, the, um, but at this point it's, um, it comes down to coaching and mentorship. And I know uh, you've had a lot of amazing mentors in your life and mm. uh, Ken Venturi. Very being, lucky. Yeah. Ken Venturi Very being blessed for sure. Very blessed with, uh, with Ken Venturi. Um, his, his mentor, his teacher was Byron Nelson and, uh, and Ben Hogan. So that lineage from, um, Mr. Hogan and Mr. Nelson down to Kenny and, and on to me. I mean, I was a 14 year old kid me meeting Ken Venturi and, you know, being a golfer, I knew of Ken, but I was also an athlete. I was a football player and, and a basketball player. Um, so, you know, meeting him and, and just listening to him and being 14, you know, you can be go one way or another. You can accept all that information or you can be a, you know, a teenage brat and think, you know, the, you know, everything that's going on. I was, I soaked everything in everything that he told me, you know, all the stories, um, from, you know, his stories from Hogan and Nelson to some of his, you know, a lot of his wins on how things happen, the, the match, that story about the match. And if you're a golfer out there, you know, of the match where it was Hogan and Nelson versus Venturi and, and Harvey Ward, um, at Cypress point is a phenomenal story. And I've heard it, you know, a thousand times from Kenny, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I, like I said, I, I was very lucky. Uh, very blessed to have Ken Venturi in my life. And also, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to my father, uh, Jim Cook, who was a, a coach. Yeah. Uh, he, he grew up an athlete in, in around the Columbus, Ohio area. He was a coach around Ohio, including at Ohio state. Um, and so he, he, he knew how to coach, you know, it, it was, it was a, a father son, obviously, but I learned a lot from him as far as if I'm going to go into something going into it a hundred percent, right? 110% and don't sleepwalk through a practice or a practice session. And that's one thing that Kenny always told me too, is, you know, you practice with a purpose and you practice like you're going out to play in the game or right. play on the course or play in a tournament round. Um, so th those are, you know, things that I did learn from, uh, from Kenny all the way down, you know, all the way through, he couldn't do it anymore. It just, uh, um, so close to 40 years with Ken Venturi. Now, you know, as a, you said, 14 years of age, you you know, at that, it's not as if you walk around and you say, okay, I want you to be my mentor. Right. What did Ken, what did uh, Ken see in you to say, I want to, I want this to be my mentee and help. This I kid? think he, he, he saw the very first time I met him. Um, I'm 14 and my, it was through my father and Kenny was a you know big auto racing fan. And my father had gotten into auto racing and uh, with Firestone and, you know, tire and rubber. And he, you know, they just uh, created a great friendship. Yeah. Um, uh, we joined Mission Hills Country Club in, in Rancho Mirage and Kenny was one of the original people there. And so we joined there. So we would go down on the weekends from, from LA area to, to the desert. But I think what he saw in me was the first time I, I met him, he told me to go do something. And, and, you know, I, I had shorts on, I, you know, surfer guy had long, you know, kind of long blonde hair, you know, 14 years old. I didn't know any better. Um, but he, he mentioned, he said, okay, you know, go down, go out to the practice tee, the driving range and walk around the area. Cause our, our members hit the golf ball all over the place. So there's going to be golf balls off the range. So just go pitch them back into the range 
And then I'll meet you on the left side of the range, you know, in, in 30 minutes, I have to go in and do some business. So I think I, I find out later he was actually watching me to see if I was going to do this. You know, what other teenagers would actually go do that? They want to go hit balls. Well, right. I walked around the range and I pitched all the golf balls back into the middle of the, the practice area. And, you know, I, then I waited on the left side of the range, hit some balls and Little did I know, I found out about 15 years later that he was watching me from behind the, the cart barn yeah. and, the, and the driving range barn, um, watching me do this to see if I was going to listen to him. Yeah. And so he knew right then and there. He didn't tell me that till later on, but uh, he knew that I was going to accept, you know, most everything that he did say. And he was going to be my, uh, he was going to be my mentor. And I, I wouldn't, wouldn't uh, obviously trade him for the world, right. um, but just the lessons that I learned from him as far as practice and discipline, um, you know, discipline in your practice and practicing with a purpose. And that also was something that my father instilled in me as well. Now, didn't uh, Ken tell you something that day also when you went and you pitched the balls back on the range about your shorts? Yes. Cause then I never wore shorts around <laughs> Ken Venturi again. <laughs> I wear shorts all the time, but never, never again. No, he didn't, he, he didn't even say anything. He just kind of looked me up and down and, and I, I kind of got the hint that uh, he was very proper. He was a very proper man. Yeah. Um, very elegant and dressed impeccably, you know, every time you were around him, um, you know, even go, like going out to dinner. I mean, it just was, he sport coat, whole thing. So, um, that was the last time I wore shorts around Kim and Turi. <laughs> and growing up, what made you different uh, from everyone else for you to be able to, you had that coaching from your father and, um, but being who you are, when did you see something different in yourself? Know that you're going to be this person. I just wanted to be better. I wanted to be you know better than I was the day before. And I wanted to be better than anybody else in golf. I started to get, a lot better, obviously, with Kenny's teaching. And I end up that summer, this was in April that we met. Um, that summer, I end up winning my age division at Junior World, the 13-14s down in, in San Diego. Um, so I knew right away things were, get, were getting better. And I just wanted to be better than anybody else. I wanted to be a better thrower. I wanted to be a better shooter. Um, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to learn everything and just be better. Yeah. Um, I, I, I practiced that. I practiced that way. I took practice seriously. I couldn't wait to go to practice. You know, I couldn't wait to put the uniform on or the practice uniform on and, and, and get dirty. And, and, and I couldn't wait to get to the practice tee to get better. Um, I, I just, I wanted to be better than everybody else. Got it. You're, um, we talk about this with our, uh, our mentees at fixed body group. If they come in and we do our training and it's, it's, um, haphazard. Uh, sloppy, uh, maybe that's a, it's a joking, fluffy environment. We tell them it's, this is game time. This is how you're going to perform when you're with a client and with a patient and you have to prepare the same way you're going to play. Uh, and I think that's a really good takeaway for everybody that wants to exactly. be great. And that's, that was, you know, one of the lessons that Kenny instilled to me and my, and my dad is you practice with a purpose. Right. You practice seriously. Um, and that way you don't have to practice as long. You, your practices are way more efficient. Um, and then, because uh, you want to perform on the course, you want to perform when it's game time. Yeah. And uh, that, that's what I, that's what I took away. So I was always, I was always ready on the first tee. I wasn't going to the first tee um, and then searching for a rhythm or searching for a sequence or searching for a routine. 
I had already done that. Right. Now I was just, I, this was a continuation of my practice. Love it. And you know, you see, you search, uh, people will search out the event to happen to, to prove to yourself that um, you are that person. You are that great one. And you know, one of the best of all time. What was that moment for you where you're like, shit, I think I, I might be pretty damn good here. Was it the win at the U S amateur? Uh, I think it might've been a little before then because um, I, as a junior, I was getting better. I wasn't the best junior in California or Southern California or in the country, but I was getting better in, in my 15 years, my 16 years. And in my 17 years, I kind of, I kind of got over a hump as far as getting better. Right. Um, I had stopped playing football <laughs> um, and I still played some basketball, but uh, I, I stopped playing football to, so I'd have a better run of you know, spring, summer, fall in golf. Then I would go play basketball, take some time off. But when I turned my 17 year, uh, that spring and summer, I started to play pretty well. And I ended up um, uh, winning the, the California State Amateur at, at 17 years old in, in June. I won the Junior World 17s in July. And then I won the State Junior in August. So that that kind of sequence there, I knew I was getting better. I was shooting some really good scores. I was beating a lot of good players. Um, and back then you didn't have like the AJGA, so you traveled all over the country. There was only about four or five events where everybody kind of got together. Um, and I won two of those. Got it. And uh, that was that was pretty special. And that's when I knew I, I was getting better, but I knew I had a lot more room to grow. And that's when, you know, Kenny kept saying too, we've got a lot of, still a lot of work to do. You know, this is, this is what it can be. Yeah. This is the feeling that you can have. I said, man, I want it all. So, <laughs> you know, going on into college, um, you know, got recruited by everybody and decided to go back to Ohio state. That wasn't one of Kenny's favorite places for me to go, but it was, uh, I had big ties there. I had a wonderful program. Obviously, great history with Nicholas and Weisskopf and Ed Sneed, Jerry McGee. I mean, it's great, great program. Uh, and we were competitive right away. But, uh, you know, going into, you know, my freshman year of college, you know, I kept getting better. I made the first team All-American as a, as a freshman, made first team All-American as a sophomore. It was during that summer I got even better. I started winning some big amateur events and college events, won the Big Ten Championship three years. but. You know, I won the Northeast Am, the Porter Cup, Sunny Hannah. You know, I kept winning big, big events. But that USAM, um, that kind of put me on that next stage to where, you know, it, it was match play, but, you know, you beat the, the best players. Right. Um, you had to survive. You know, you had to survive. I learned to survive um, by competing and, and hating to lose, yeah. um, accepting loss but learning from them, but I didn't want to lose. <laughs> I lost the year before in the quarterfinals and I didn't like that. Um, so I prepared pretty, pretty, you know, you know, pretty heavy. Uh, so I was ready to go. So the 78 amateur, uh, I beat Scott Hoke in the final. And that's when I kind of learned, wow, I can do this. I can get to this next level. And it got me in the masters in 79, got me in the U S open in 79, made the cut in both of those events as an amateur, yeah. got me in a couple of other events that I made the cut you know, PGA tour events. And that's when I, I, I knew that I could get to this level, but I needed to get better. And Kenny and I, we kept working to be even more efficient, even better and better getting stronger as I was getting, you know, a little bit older yeah. and how, how to adjust, um, getting, you know, f growing into a, a, 
kind of a man's body instead of a you know a boy's body right and uh, and how how to adjust to that so uh, once I started learning more and more about that um, I got I got better I felt comfortable on that on the stage it must have been so fun for Ken Kenny to to see you <laughs> excel like this it's a risk taking on a mentee at 14 years of age <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah for sure I mean but he I think from the you know first day that we met, he knew I was serious. And um, I remember him always saying, you know, when we're out and he, we weren't together, uh, he was doing television at the time for CBS. So I would run into him a lot and, you know, we would, we would sit around and talk and he'd watch me hit some balls. And I remember one time he, he, he told me that, you know, when I, we weren't together, he said, you don't call me when you're playing great. I know when you're playing great, call me when you're having troubles. Because I've been through all this. I can walk you through this. We can get you back on track in no time. You don't be afraid to call when, you know, you've, you've shot 75 or you just missed a cut or you, you know, you had the tournament in your hands and, and, and you, you know, you kind of threw it away or someone took it from you. Um, don't be afraid to call that time. You'll learn more from this than you will from, yeah. from the wins. And I'm sure that's helped you um, with your mentees. I watched... Uh, you get the excitement you have in your eyes when you're watching the younger players that you work with. It's um, I, I can I see the energy level and yeah. you've really championed these kids and you pick the kids that you believe in and that, you yeah. know, have great core values and work ethics. Correct. And uh, one thing Kenny always said that um, my dad wanted to pay him, you know, to pay him for his time. And Kenny said he never took a nickel for all that knowledge and all those years for this great man that could charge, you know, thousand dollars an hour. Right. Um, never took a nickel. And, uh, he, he said that at some point in time, you're going to find somebody that, you know, hits you the right way and you want to spend some time with and pass this knowledge down. So I got it from Hogan, Nelson, Venturi. And I, I want to give that knowledge out, whether it's to my son, you know, your, your, your brother-in-law, Jason yep. at the time, um, or in, in present, present time, you know, Patrick Cantley, Luke List, um, you know, some of these, some of these young, young players that, uh, are working in this group with Jamie Mulligan at Virginia country club. But, uh, you know, it's great to see, you know, these guys ask you questions. And then as you're explaining things to them on your experiences and, and how that they can be a better PGA tour player, um, you can see them yeah. gathering this knowledge and it, it's, it's quite fun to, to watch Patrick, you know, to, watch him grow the way that he has from, you know, 15 years old to, you know, accomplished tour player with wins and, you know, one of the best players in the world. So, um, it's, it's fun to watch the progression of that because I did the same thing. Right. Very proud. The, um, I want to get into, uh, your ability to keep your body going for as long as you have to stay competitive as long as you have. But before we do that, I'd, I'd like to get your take on over the generations, maybe from the fifties and the sixties, seventies, and then the eighties and the nineties, the, the relationship to health and wellness and, and uh, caring for your body back when it was like Sneed, Hogan, mm -hmm. uh, Palmer, mm -hmm. Nicholas, like what were they doing or not doing compared to what's happening when you were playing? Um, and then now what's happening today? I think generationally it, they just played a lot of golf. I don't know if they worked out or did anything and, or what they did. They might've had other hobbies, fishing or hunting or yeah. that, you know, they, I don't know if they were thinking that they were training, but it did kept, kept their body going in, in, in uh, fluid. Um, 
there were some guys that worked out that you heard stories about Frank Stranahan and how strong he was. And he, he traveled with, you know, dumbbells and, and all that, but that was, you know, few and far between. I think when you, when we got, uh, you kind of, I, I trained in foot, football for football, basketball for basketball, and then golf. I just played a lot of golf. So this was in the seventies. Got it. Um, as we got into professional, my professional career in the eighties, I kept wanting to train because I just, I felt like I, I, this is a long, long haul, 35, you know, 35 events. Um, you weren't, you didn't do it for the cash. It wasn't a lot of money back then in, in, in the eighties. Um, but you wanted, so you needed to play well each and every week. And I, I remember, uh, over one winter we were playing some tennis. I think my wife and I, and, um, it's kind of hanging around their mission Hills and, you know, with some of the tennis players and, you know, I was hitting with them. I, I was an okay tennis player, not great, but I could, you know, I had good form and I could get the racket on the ball and, right. you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a stiff. Right. And I, I kept going, man, I wonder if I got in the same shape as Jimmy Connors or same shape as Bjorn Borg or Yvonne Lendl. Um, I wonder if I got in tennis shape as a golfer. And so I started training more that way. And then in the mid eighties, uh, on the PGA tour, the, a fitness van came on and sponsored by, I forget what it was, what company it was, but they provided a big fitness van with trainers, equipment. Um, so guys were starting to get into training more. Okay. And I remember, you know, getting and taking advantage of that and, and knowing that my body needed to be stronger for this long haul, cause it's going to be a long haul. Right. And, uh, I, I just wanted to get better and better at that. So in the eighties, we started doing more and more of that. Then it got to be more golf specific training, training the muscles, learning about what muscles you need to have and what muscles need to be stretched. Um, back in your twenties and thirties, I was like a Gumby, yeah. but then doesn't, doesn't last that long. Right. <laughs> so it just kind of evolved then through, you know, the eighties and then nineties, I got, I got really into the Versa climber yeah. and then we had three of those on the, on the trailer. Um, in kind of a pack in a little triangle. And I remember being on, uh, getting on that Versa climber every morning just for a warm up. Um, afterwards, I'd do probably 30 minutes as a kind of a cool down. Right. I had one at the house. Um, I would do an hour on. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like if I did that, you know, it kept me long and lengthened. Yep. It worked basically every muscle in your body. Then I would go play and practice and felt like I was ready to go. So, as we got more golf specific training, um, you know, through the nineties, it, uh, it became even more prevalent. And then all of a sudden some kid named Tiger Woods comes on board <laughs> and, oh my God, here, here comes an athlete right here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had great athletes. Kurt Byron was, you know, always, we always wondered what, what would happen if you had, you know, a six foot four athlete that was trained in golf, what would happen? Well, Kurt Byron was that guy. Yeah. In, in the mid eighties, late eighties, early nineties, you know, athlete could have gone anywhere, played any sport. Um, but he chose to play golf. Unfortunately, he had some injuries and he didn't pan out that way. He was Dustin Johnson before Dustin Johnson came on board. Got now it. you have six foot four long arms athlete can jump out of the gym, yep. but he, and he can hit a golf ball three forty straight down the middle and he can putt like a maniac. I mean, that, <laughs> that's what we have now. And those are the athletes we have now. So that's the kind of the evolution of where, um, athletic training went. Yeah. 
And do you see, where do you see it going? Do you see it? Well, and now you watch these kids work out. It's full on workouts. And the, the only hesitation for me, um, and you might be able to talk about this too, is it seems like they get hurt a lot now. Mm. We didn't really get hurt. I had a couple of injuries, um, but they were structural. They weren't, I mean, I had broken things and torn, yeah. <laughs> torn things and things that just didn't work anymore um, that I had some surgeries on. But um, I think you have your training in the winter time and you train, train, whatever you need to train. But during the year, I, I would always ta- think about, you know, flexibility, mobility, keep, keep the, you know, muscles lengthened um, and not, I mean, not put so much pressure on your back and your, and your, your joints. Um, because that seems to be what, what guys, when guys get hurt yeah. is um, their bodies just break down. I go, why do you need bodies to break down? You only play 18, 20 events a year. Yeah. Better take advantage of all those. If, and it was like they miss a lot because they just don't, uh, I think they train maybe too hard during the season. And that would be my caution is don't train that hard during the season, but make sure that you're flexible and make sure that you're mobile and you get stretched out and your diet is good. You know, and then the wintertime, you do what you need to do. Well, in the beginning of the show I mentioned, we've been, I've been a part of your family for 19 years and very thankful for that. Um, but I've watched you be, I've watched how proactive you've been as long as I've been in, in the family and, um, you've, you've used, utilized people's help to mm. maintain your health. And Absolutely. Can you, can you speak on that? So we, you know, we have a great game. I play, I'm in a, I'm very lucky to be part of this game called golf. Uh, you can play it for a lifetime. You and I can go and play. We can all go play golf together, have the same experience. Uh, that's what make it, makes it so great. And you know, we have, when you, when you turn 50, you have the PJ tour champions back then it was a senior tour champions tour, whatever you wanted to call it. And I was still pretty competitive into my late forties on the PGA tour. Um, I never lost my tour card, never had to go back to that thing they call the qualifying school, which is basically, I mean, it is, it's, you know, a root canal <laughs> move, you know, morphed into the bar exam, morphed into, you know, your doctor's exams and, and into, but you have to do, you have to be physical as well. Right. It just was, I want, never wanted to do that again. And it's six days in a row. And it's six days, six rounds at this time, it, back in the, those days. And you either made it or you didn't. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, you didn't have much to do. Jesus. You could go overseas maybe and play for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I didn't want to go back and do that. So or, I was, or you don't want to go back to Jan and say, we're moving to no, South Africa. Yeah, we're moving to South Africa or Asia for the <laughs> first six months. <laughs> so, um, I made sure that I wasn't going to do that again. So I, that's why I kept going and trying to keep my body healthy and stay competitive. And I stayed, I never had to go back to the tour school and even into my late forties. And I'm, you know, when I was 49, I had a really good season on the PGA tour and I was exempt and I made the had a couple of top three finishes during the year. And, you know, so I was really excited about turning 50 and getting another chance, you know, to further my career and keep moving along. And for some reason, my body decided it was just going to shut down. And it was, I, I had, I was sick most of the year. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. My body was aching. Things were just all of a sudden failing. And I'm going, boy, what a, what kind what bad timing this is. Right. And I got uh, lucky enough to uh, Jamie Mulligan, who's been my great friend for, for years and years and years and kind of my eyes now that, you know, uh, 
Ken Venturi had passed. Um, he'd been my eyes and he had watched me play golf and, and, and take lessons from Kenny in um, many, many times. And so he knew what I was doing and he, he's a great mind of the game. And he knew that my body was failing. And so he, he said, I got the guy that we need to go see. And his name is Dr. Tim Brown, somebody that maybe your audience knows. Absolutely. And I know that you know, and uh, just a brilliant, brilliant man. Um, surfer, volleyball player. Um, but the guy, he knows everything about the body and how it works. And, you know, he's, he's like the me- He's like the mentor to everybody, yep, you know, he is. <laughs> there's like the six degrees of Tim Brown. I mean, everybody <laughs> that's in this business, like, you know, knows of him or has gone to him or, you know, has watched whatever. And upon my first meeting with Tim, there was another, um, a, a trainer there, uh, named Justin Franson and they had worked together on a few things. And he thought that Justin would be very good for me to start training again at 50. Um, and so at, at 49, uh, we started you know, working and it was grueling yeah. and Tim put me through a lot of, a lot of work on my body and, uh, you know, how his hands can feel your body and know exactly where to go. And you no, know, that doesn't hurt. Why, what this hurts. Why are you starting at my toes? You know, <laughs> one of those things, but I started to find out more and more about the body yep. and, uh, Justin was more very golf specific about how to be training, um, how to get back into my natural movements, uh, how to, you know, learn to walk correctly again, um, and, and, and be ready for competition. And, uh, so without those two, I may not, have, I may not have had a body to, that could compete on the PGA tour champions at 50 right. because I, I felt, you know, I beat these guys enough growing up when we were all this, about the same age. I want to keep beating them until, you know, my window closes at, at some point. And, um, you know, I, I, I started out pretty well. I you know, won my second event as, as a 50 year old and then won a few more times, um, in 2008, nine, all the way through 2014, I won an event or two every single year. So, yeah. but I kept training and I said, I, I want this window to op- be open as long as possible. And the thing that Tim really, he, he really emphasized was, flexibility and mobility and you can get strong you can get strong by playing golf and justin will help you getting you know stronger and 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 be um you know your cardio being you know being able to last you want to be as fresh on the very last hole of the week than you as you were the first hole of the week um and i learned how to do that and tim you know without his help i probably wouldn't have done it so um it was all about flexibility and mobility yeah you know, you're a legend in your, in, in golf and Tim Brown is a legend in chiropractic and therapy. He's, um, any therapists that are listening that don't know Tim Brown, please, please look re- him up because it is fascinating. <laughs> look him up. He's unique. Um, his approach is not scripted. He, he comes from a very authentic place, uh, and he's a true giver, a true healer yeah. and just a very unique individual, uh, and also a great mentor. Absolutely. And anybody that can be mentored or be mentored by Tim Brown is very, yeah, very I lucky. I think person. Jamie does things organically. Tim does things organically. And that's what I kind of kept learning is, you know, not so much mechanic in this, but you know, a lot of organic in, in how you approach your workouts, how do you approach your, your body health, um, your, uh, you know, your, your fitness, your diet, everything. Yeah. So, and Tim is that guy. And you had another coach and <laughs> 
and uh, and your wife Jan yeah. Jan Cook. I mean, talk about having someone at home helping with health, wellness, and diet and nutrition. Yeah. For how many years have you been together? Well, we've been together. <laughs> well, married forty two this year. Right. Been together probably forty five or forty six years. Anyway. Talk. Um, I, I talk about being blessed. I mean, yeah. to have somebody that's that supportive, you know, for that long and playing what I did, the game that I did, that was a lot of time away from home, a lot of time practicing. Um, but we knew it right away. I, I was committed to her. I was committed to our family as it was a growing family. Uh, we were kids having kids. We were 22 and we had Kristen. So, yeah. you know, it was, uh, you know, we, we were learning on the fly right. and learning to be a family on the fly. And, and she was so special that she, you know, we were committed to each other and she, um, supported exactly what I was doing because she knew that I was serious about it and I loved it, but it was also going to provide for our family. So she didn't want stress. Um, and so she took care of, she's very proud of her job and that's being a wife and a mother. Yeah. Um, she, and that's, she accepted that she's loved it. And I was lucky to have that. And like I said, we trusted and we committed to both of us and that's what we were going to do. So, um, she's been my, you know, by my side every step of the way yeah. and not, you have to have a good partner mm. and an understanding partner and you have to be on the same page. It's not, you, it, you have to, can't have the be selfish. You have to give part, you have to give parts to each other. Um, and which we have done for, for a long time. And it's kept us strong for, you know, f you know, over 40 years. And, uh, you know, since, you start turning, you get into your late fifties and your sixties and, you know, retire from competitive golf, still play. I have another activity that I'm doing with tele television and a little bit of radio, but your body all of a sudden goes from a thousand miles an hour to zero. Right. And your, your body gets kind of messed up. Like your metabolism slows down and it's, you know, being on the road now doing television, you, it's kind of, odd hours and you go out and you eat and you drink too much and you just don't eat and started to get, we both started kind of feeling more and more sluggish, which we've never felt in our life. We've always had so much energy. And that's when we started on this, you know, a, a nice nutritional, you know, awareness program, basically yeah. on learning how to eat, what to eat, what not to eat, what, you know, your body gets, you know, inflamed. My I just had a lot of inflammation in my body. I was feeling sluggish, wasn't feeling very good. And that's when we got on your nutritional awareness program. Yeah. And in, you know, four or five months that we've been doing it, um, energy's back. I understand what to eat. I can go out to dinner with my friends and my colleagues and eat well and not, you know, not eat stupid like I was eating. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, it's just another step in how to, keep your body going and, and keep your, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to go away. I'm, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I love to work. I want to stay busy. Yeah. Um, and I want to stay healthy. And this, this really helped. I'm very thankful that you're open to uh, joining our program, our restart program and, 
and with Jan as well. And, and like you said, it's, it's, it's not simply a program where it's like, do this, do this and do this, right. and nor is it a prison sentence. Um, right. It's an educational process, a curriculum. And you mentioned this in the past. You're like, what I really like is that I'm learning why I'm doing certain things. If I was Correct. just told I can't do this, that might last for a few months, but at the end of it, you're like, screw it. I like doing it. I'm going to do it. But when you have the education behind why you're not supposed mm-hmm. to do something or what modifications can be made in place of something, and that makes sense for you, that can be a lifelong change. And for a better quality of life down the road. hundred percent. And it, that's what we've learned. And we've learned, Jan has learned to cook. She's an amazing cook anyway, but she has learned to cook, you know, these meals with using different you know, ingredients, right. but the taste is incredible. It's it just, so we, we, it's not like we went hungry and we went, you know, on a big fast and, you know, just didn't, you know, stopped <laughs> eating. Right. We started eating better. And more quality stuff, and uh, and it you could you could tell right away. It wasn't we weren't starving ourselves at all. No, but we were eating much better, and your our our gut health and our belly health and our everything just got better right away. Yeah, and uh, when you joined the program, I had anxiety wrapped around it because <laughs> number one, I. I love our relationship. I'm blessed to have a relationship with a father-in-law like this. And it's, and there's no way I'm going to sit here and tell John Cook what he can and, can and cannot do. <laughs> I'm not going to cross that line. I said, we enjoy our, our company together and there's things that we like to do together. Uh, so I said, I will supervise from afar. Mm-hmm. Dr. Katie Breckheisen will be your coach. Yep. Uh, she'll help you work out. She'll guide you through nutritional changes and any challenges that you're up against. And uh, it's worked great. I think it has. Uh, she, she's, she's outstanding. She's phenomenal. Um, she's so energetic and she keeps you on the program. You know, she'll, she'll ask how you did. And, you know, the first time that I traveled and, you know, going away from home after, I think it was probably three weeks that we were on the program and now I have to travel. Now I have to, I have to make my own, my own shakes. Um, I have to, you know, monitor what I'm eating. And luckily it was in Hawaii. Yeah. And I could eat very well. I, I love sushi. I love fish. I, I didn't have any rice, you know, but that's, you know, yeah. that, that was out at the time. Right. So you're eliminating foods. And I, under, I, I got to comfortable eliminating some and then re- reintroducing and then understanding, well, that one, I'm reintroducing that, but I don't feel very good. So I'm, that's going to be gone. Yep. Um, but you, you can eat well. And I ate well in Hawaii. And then the next time I had to leave, I ate well again. And, uh, you know, so I feel like I'm on the right track and committed to it. Yeah. You don't commit. No. I mean, they talk about, you know, playing golf and, you know, committing to what you're doing, trusting what you're doing, um, and then trusting what you just worked on. You know, that's, that's, that's life. That's right. And it's that commitment. It's, it's, a program like this, or even like working on your golf swing, it's not, I'm going to do this for two months and then go back to the bad habit two months ago. (laughs) Um, I mean, you can see how many times tiger when, even when he was in his heyday, he's still changing his swing to try to be better and better. And, uh, you know, that's with the thing, same thing with health and wellness. It's, it's a commitment for a lifetime to make sure that you can maximize your existence on this earth. And, uh, so I've, Thank you for sharing that. It was, uh, it's something that's very important for people to know that, um, you can make a change at any time and absolutely enhance your, it's enhance, never too late. It's never too late. Never too late to feel better. And, um, thank very thankful that it, uh, that Jan and you have, um, enjoyed that the program and it worked out for your lifestyle because your lifestyle is different than it is. You know, we talked about 
you having three kids and you're traveling and it's like, how do you manage raising a family <laughs> when you're traveling for 40 plus years? So it was a traveling circus. We didn't, you know, there weren't, you know, private planes and big buses. It was, man, we were traveling together. It was, you know, lots of car seats and, and strollers and, you know, they didn't travel a lot, but they, uh, we learned to do it. You know, we were, we were committed. We were, we were a, a five man team, you yeah. know what? And, you know, I'm so proud of my kids and, and, uh, you know, proud of what they're doing. And it's, uh, you know, it was teamwork. Yeah. Jan and I, it was, you know, we, uh, you know, we're, we're a family. You're part of our family and we're, we're, we're you know, pleased and honored to have you part of it. Thank you. You're, um, you know, looking back, um, you're talking about your, your kids there and, uh, looking back, if you could take a step back and tell your younger self something, what would it be? What would you say, John, consider this? I'm not sh- That's a tough one because I feel like I've accomplished everything I've wanted. I had great mentors, um, from Ken Venturi to my father, Jim Cook, to Jan's father, Dr. Seth Kunkel. I uh, was an amazing man, amazing yeah. man. Um, I'm not sure I would change anything. You know, I, you can take a different career path. And what if I didn't turn pro? Kenny really didn't want me to turn pro. He thought I could be, you know, the greatest amateur after Bobby Jones and do all these things. And I was a finance major in college. So, you know, I had other avenues. I chose this one. I chose the hardest one. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that I'm not sure I would change anything. Um Sometimes I, you know, I look back and what if I did pursue finance or something yeah. and, you know, stayed amateur all my, all my life. What, you know, what path would that, it wouldn't, have, it would have led me to a whole different thing, which I'm so happy I did what I did. So I'm not sure yeah. I would change anything or tell myself anything. Probably, you know, maybe some just things on, on child rearing uh, a little bit, but I don't even, I wouldn't change, even change that. I think that we've done a, a pretty nice job. Awesome. I think I've, I've learned from my mistakes. Um, I've accepted, you know, the failures and um, I've learned from those, but uh, I couldn't be more proud of, of, you know, our, my family, our family and, and what they've accomplished. And for the younger generation golfer coming up, what advice would you, would you give them? Just that, that, uh, you have to be committed and you, you have to look at yourself in the mirror every single day. Am I doing everything that I can to be better? I, can I be better today than I was yesterday? Um, and you know, really, I mean, really be honest with yourself. And I had to have that talk a number of times. And that's another thing that my dad said, you need to look at yourself in the mirror. Are you doing everything possible to be better? And sometimes I, no, I wasn't. And then I would go out and I would try to get better and same message from, uh, from Venturi. So that would be my thing is, is, um, you know, you can do it, but you have to be honest with yourself and you have to commit to yourself and you have to sacrifice a lot. People think that you just get born onto the PGA tour. Mm. You've sacrificed a lot in your life to, to become as good as you are. Uh, so, you know, you have to keep that sacrifice going and that commitment going. And, um, if you have a partner, you have to make sure that that partner understands what they're about to get into and they're going to have to be comfortable with it because there's going to be times where you're not around and she's, or he is not the show. Right. <laughs> you're the show for these four days. You're the guy. Right. 
And you have to have someone that understands that. And then when Sunday afternoon comes and you're done, we're back together again. Okay. It's, you have to have someone that's able to understand that and uh, sacrifice because you're going to sacrifice yourself. You have to have someone else that's going to be along for that ride. And unfortunately, uh, Ventura is no longer with us. Um, So at this point, who do you, who do you rely on? You know, I mean, I I rely on Jan a lot. I think that uh, she's still kind of the rock of the family. She um, has, you know, an incredible heart. Uh, I have great friends. I have the friends that I had in high school and growing up are still my friends. Um, That's important. Um, They haven't changed. They know I haven't changed. Um, You know, my, uh, my colleagues, uh, when, you know, you, you can, you can rely on, people that you've been around a long time. Jamie Mulligan has been a, a great, a great, you know, sounding board for, you know, over 30 years, 40 years almost. Um, you know, but I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm pretty content and there's not a lot of stress in my life anymore, which <laughs> I like. I'm a lot, I'm not nearly as grumpy as I used to be when I was competing or the last years I was competing. Um, but uh, I, I just have a great, you know, great core family. And I have a great core friends. Yeah. When I think about you and what you stand for and your values, you know, a few things, well, not a few, but there's two that stand out, actually three, that your selflessness is remarkable. Um, you're an insane giver, but your patience is one of the things that I've learned a lot <laughs> from. I've watched you over the last 20 years. And some of the things that I, I, I'm like, oh, you better take a step back, maybe walk out the door yep. and I watch you handle situations. Just take a deep breath. <laughs> well, I watch you handle situations where I, I learned from how you handled that situation so I could better myself. I always like taking a step back. Like you said, something is stressing me or something's not right. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to react too quick and make a mistake. Um, a lot of times your, your first thought is the right one, but take it, take a step back. Take a deep breath. Let's kind of picture where this thing is going, um, and then come up with a with a solution or a remedy. And like I said, patience. Uh, golf is all about that. It's you have a long time to walk in between shots. You have you know time to hit your shot. You picture your shot, then it has to go away. And so you 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 keep building and learning. Um, and I think that you can take that into life too. You you want things to slow down. You don't want things to speed up. Yeah. And once I learned to have things slow down, whether it was golf, whether it was football, being a quarterback, whether it was basketball, being a guard and, and seeing the floor and letting things slow down or golf, having things slow down, not speed up when you're in the heat of the competition, you want things to slow down. Um, so I, I learned how to, how to do that. And now doing television, things have to be slow. You can't speed it up and get too far ahead of yourself or all of a sudden your mouth's going to outrun your brain and you don't ever want that. <laughs> so you have to take a step back, take a pause and then gather your thoughts and then proceed. Yeah. I thank you for the learning lessons as we've, um, or I've, I've grown with your family and, and observed your actions both on the course and off the course and with your family. And, um, I was a different person back then than I am now. And a lot of it comes down to watching your coaching and mentorship and, and seeing how you interact with your family, friends, and, and your uh, craft. And I thank you for that. Um, I want to leave it with uh, asking you a question. And I think it, the best question is, uh, what are you most proud of? Wow. Um, 
I have to answer that in two ways. And the first one would obviously would be the material things with golf. Um, proud of, you know, how I have had you know, longevity, you know, playing as long as I did, you know, and, you know, committing to my craft. Um, I think that that I'm pretty proud of wins on each level that I got better and better. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, don't have really have any regrets. Obviously you want you win majors in your career in which I didn't win a major professional major, but came close. So I'm just proud that I, I kept along, but I think the most I'm, I'm most proud of is our family unit staying together for this long, that our kids are incredible people that they, you know, we raise three incredible human beings and they are very super good at their craft and they're loving and giving as well. And I think that uh, Jan and I would both agree that, you know, we're, we're proud of, you know, our children and our family um, and who they've become and where they're going in their lives. Yeah. Well, I'm very thankful that 13 years ago when I asked you if I could marry your daughter, you <laughs> said yes. And I made that moment much more light than, uh, than I was making it. <laughs> I remember too. It was, I think that you barely got the words out before we said, yep, yep, yep. You're good. Can, can we get this moment over with? We're please? good. It's order of Bloody Mary. <laughs> um, it's an honor to be a part of your family. And John, I want to thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed our show. If you did, please like and subscribe to stay tuned. See you next week on another episode of the Fix Podcast. <laughs>